This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. up to the FBI basement, the podcast extravaganza where we watch and review every single episode of The X-Files before your eyes. Step right up today and see strange monstrosities. I am your ringmaster, Todd, and come and joining me today is the alligator woman, Shannon. Okay, why the fuck am I the alligator woman? Is it because I have like that psoriasis toe? That one scaly toe. It's because of the sharp teeth. I do also have very sharp teeth, that is true. <laughs> and if you head to tent two, ladies and gentlemen, you will find there the incredible podcasting oddity, the strangest man in Minnesota. He is the bearded lady man. I was about to say, why can't <laughs> we just see the bearded lady man? Valentine, how you doing? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> A little hairy. Always hairy. And coming to you on loan from T from PT Barnum's own sideshow, the the inconceivable Marissa. Did you know that through the protective Chinese practice of Tai Bu Shan, you can train your testicles to drop into your abdomen? I did. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> That's right, folks. Today we are reviewing Humbug, the. Uh, least racist episode <laughs> the 20th episode of season two and uh this is one we've been looking forward to guys because this well, is one of, of you have been looking forward to it some of us <laughs> not all of us let's do Darn. a head count me <laughs> me what what was the question uh, have you been looking forward to humbug oh no i've never this is the first time seeing it it was awesome i can't wait to review it Oh yeah. Um I, that's I will say no, but that's my job. I am I'm the one who's supposed to hate these episodes, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm apparently you, you worry that you come off too negative on the podcast. I do worry about that. And I also worry that no one likes me. And I also have some other problems that I worry about <laughs> regularly about this podcast. We, love you. we bring um, you love. It's bringing love. Kill it. Yeah. Like this is another episode where we, I think you and I just sat there and quoted the Simpsons as we watched it. This was uh, the first episode to be written in full by Darren Morgan. Yeah. So I like that when we watched this, you were like, let's watch the featurette with, you know, Chris Carter. And he was talking about how great like Darren Morgan was. He's like, and I knew it. And that's why I hired him. I'm like, no, you didn't. You hired him because his brother said, give him a job. And you were like, whatever, we have all this money. So um, you may remember, actually, Darren Morgan has been discussed prior on this podcast. He actually was in the. He was Jimmy uh, the Fluke he Boy. Was the, he was in the, the human Fluke Boy costume. Yeah, he was Jimmy the Fluke Boy. Which one was? was uh, uh, the host. He was in host. He was the guy in the fluke suit in the host. Yeah. Which, one, which guy in this episode? He's uh, not. He wrote the episode. He wrote the episode. Oh, he oh, wrote gotcha. the episode. He's going to write several of the other more. I guess you call them comedic or at least darkly comedic. The, the dark comedy ones. Here's the thing: is it's like in the next like four episodes, we're gonna get some people who are like pretty important. Like this one was written by Darren Morgan, and Morgan will write other episodes. He'll actually uh, be in a two-parter, kind of, sort of, not really. 
Um, and then we have a couple of episodes that are forgettable at best, racist at worst. Oh my yes. <laughs> um, and then we get Soft Light, which will be the first time we see uh, a fairly important name that some of you assholes like, uh, Vince Gillian. So at the end of season two is when we start getting kind of the people who are going to, in the next like 20 years, be kind of huge in pop culture. Now, before we, 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 we dive into the recap... I would like to take a moment to um, uh, remind you all that the X Files the uh, the X Files doesn't need any money, right? We do, but we do. The FBI basement needs money because uh, they are going to take all of our thumbs. And if you want to keep us keep us have us uh, recording the podcast with thumbs, you need to go to patreon.com slash FBI basement. Find a link on the Medicinal Mass website, or um, uh, we'll post it, or or on our Facebook, or wherever you you um uh, pick us up. Uh, even a donation as small as one dollar uh, will get you access to our Discord, audio goodies, uh, exclusive art, and uh, various things where we talk about sex toys. Apparently, <laughs> specifically my sex toys, I think, was the discussion. No like, one had to. No one else had to give up. Give up info on their sex toys, which means the next time you guys are up, okay. <laughs> See, here's the thing. There's at least one person in this podcast I know about their toys, at least. Okay. Uh, what do you know? We'll leave that hanging right there. <laughs> I feel like that is something that you should get from for. Being a member, a subscriber, and patron. Let's just. Uh, I'm not going just, to tell you we'll who I know. Patreon to find out what my sex toys are. We'll just push. <laughs> that, we'll just push that against the cork board and stick a little pin in it. <laughs> oh my god! And I will also read some erotic fanfic that I find somewhere that I didn't write. Oh god! I need to write that fanfic. I just realized that now. I promised someone I'd write some really dirty fanfic. Mm-hmm. For He-Man, which is unrelated to this podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, I kind of want to. Also, there are some interesting uh, guest stars on this podcast. This oh. whole this whole episode. Oh yeah, no, this cool. is this episode. Yeah, this episode does have some that guy who was in that thing, uh, chiefly because uh, this uh, the freaks who are in this are from uh, Jim Rose's circus, right? This and they are in another favorite episode of mine in a different show because uh, they also do all the voices and do the freak stuff uh, in Homer Palooza. Do they do all the freak stuff? Yeah. No, they're actually in that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're credited. They actually get, they do get an audio credit. I looked it up. Okay, so yeah, but these guys, all, okay, Jim Rose is a uh, Still is, by the way. He is a freak show impresario who still tours the country in various shows. I don't think they tour. I think he has like a permanent home somewhere. He might have a permanent home, but I think that uh, for a while he did the freak show at Lollapalooza, which is which explains the Homer Palooza stuff in that Simpsons episode. Right? I just really love that episode. Um, Does he go by that name? What, Jim Rose? Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, he doesn't he go by Dr. Blockhead. Is that like no? I, I I don't know exactly what 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 is uh the enigma. Uh, he is he is uh, he is sort of a geek. He is a geek, by the way, though. He does do the mm-hmm. blockhead shit. 
Oh, he does, oh, he does the blockhead stuff. I thought that that the Enigma did the, the geek stuff. Yeah, the Enigma does. The Enigma, you'll see. You'll or the conundrum. The You've probably seen him somewhere before. He's a gentleman covered from head to toe in uh, jigsaw puzzle tattoos. And... Is that the guy that I took the picture of you when we went to the Ripley's Believe It or Not? Yeah, yeah. There's a wax figure. Yeah, the there's Ripley a wax figure at, at, at a. Uh... He looks like Flea. He does. <clears throat> yeah, he's a but. Apparently, really cool guy. Uh, he was plays that Baltimore. The, he plays the yeah. It was in Baltimore. It was I thought it was. In, I thought it was at Myrtle Beach. No, it was the. It was at the Inner Harbor. Oh, that's right. You're right. Um, I don't think you're right. <laughs> the, the one in Ocean City has the same wax figure, but it's just a bust. You're a bust. Your you're mom's a bust. A bust. <laughs> Your mom is also a real classy lady. Yeah, Jim Rose plays Doctor Blockhead. The Enigma plays the Conundrum because of copyright reasons. I think it was a trademark reason. Oh, and yeah. there's also uh, the guy who played Buggy Ding Dong. Right. And okay. That's uh, that's this. Vincent Schiavelli. As oh my Lenny. god, Vincent Schiavelli, um, who is amazing. Uh, if you're a fan of the, oh yeah, yeah, he was he he was a character actor. I, I saw a really great. Uh, there is there's a, a show on YouTube called No Small Parts, and they did a did a really great piece on him. He was the yeah, like he ultimately retired from what acting to do his other passion which was like gourmet cooking and he did that and he, he he retired from from acting to move to the like he was village in Italy in Sicily oh right that's right he moved mm. into the village in Sicily where to his do grandparents lived and, and like did gourmet cooking and that's how he spent the rest of his days which damn cool um but he also played he was the subway ghost in the movie ghost Oh, that's where I remember him from. I like that people are like, he's the subway ghost, and I'm like, Buggy Ding Dong from, from Death to Sushi. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that makes the Venice line so much funnier. It's, oh, I've never it. seen Paris, though. <laughs> I've Paris never seen Paris! Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, I encourage all 12 of our listeners to go watch Death to Smoochie. It is the best <laughs> movie ever. <laughs> Yes. Oh, we're, we've definitely got we've definitely got seventy listeners. Okay, and then I encourage all seventy of our listeners to go watch Death to Smoochie. <laughs> Let's see, there were a couple of others, right? The um, uh, the innkeeper. <laughs> oh, the innkeeper was uh the uh, is the backwards talking midget from Twin Peaks. So it's like that's another thing that X Files owes to Twin Peaks. I just like the look that he gives David Duchovny in the scenes with him. It is just some of like the most that is like the serious shade. Um, that was that was pretty funny. He's like explaining the whole time, like when he meets. I him. love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. In the town of Gibsonton, Florida, in an outdoor pool, two children uh, roughhouse in the water, unaware as it seems of a strange figure lurking in the shadows. It makes its way into the pool and begins to slowly swim up on the two frolicking children. It leaps up out of the uh, water and greets them both with huge bear hugs. Dad, you're home! Oh, I got ya! Uh, this is uh, apparently a man with a skin condition that makes it look like he has scales, I guess. Elephantitis. What's no, wait. Mean? That is not there the is thing I'm thinking of. It is. It does kind of look like that. It's uh, icky of the, the, the itchy toast. Yeah, it was something icky, icky something. Ichthyosis. Ichthyosis. Turns out that he's just your average everyday dad who also is a circus freak performer. 
he get, he rough houses with the boys a bit, but sends the but sends them back inside because it's time to get ready for bed. And he is also going to not read where the wild things are. That's you know not the night for it. He will be reading Good Night Moon, <laughs> and then beating on his wife because I just assume he is also abusive because I uh, I I like to think the worst in circus freaks. Anyway, I'm racist that <laughs> way. My word, I'm a racist. Anyway. It's all right. Carney people are like the one type of uh, race that we don't uh, we don't care if you discriminate against. Like we wouldn't even care if we deported them or took their children. Carney's like actually, we, like we'd prefer to take their children. Honestly, yeah. well, the uh, <laughs> the, kid, the kids go off, but he stays behind to enjoy a bit of a swim. But something else is stalking him. Gollum. Yes. Wait. Maybe he looks through the woods, but it is too late. The strange figure leaps into the pool and murders the dude. Opening theme. When do I get the circus peanuts? My God, I will do this for hours until you go get them. No, no, no. You read the contract wrong. It was circus penis. Yeah, Todd's fucking with oh, all our shit now. Oh, God damn it, Todd. Uh, Mulder and Scully uh, are. Attending the funeral. Why? Of this is fucking weird. They just like went and like like, <laughs> like <Mulder laughs> crashed a like, funeral. Like Mulder gate crashed a funeral. Like I don't even know what's going on. Why is he why are they there? Why? It's a very strange case because um uh it's like why are the FBI here? But you know, at this point, why are we questioning the fact that Mulder can just go wherever the fuck he wants with his job? Like he literally can do whatever the fuck he wants. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> but like he literally just told Skinner, it's like we're <clears throat> we're going to go to a funeral. Why? Because yeah, something apparently, weird. yeah, the man was known as the alligator man, and in addition to his um uh to his strain to his uh uh, physical anomalies. He was also an escape artist, but could not escape the icy claws of death. I think that's actually in the eulogy, right? I think so. Oh, like this, yeah. This just gets fucking crazy pants. This funeral is great. Like I want this from my funeral. Take note. <laughs> uh, speaking of the funeral, it's like the the the, the entire uh, circus freak community is uh, in attendance and leaping out of the. Um, uh, coffin at one point is Dr. Blockhead. <laughs> like I said, I want you to take note. I want this for my funeral. I don't care what yes. you have to do. I want all of this. Who this entire to, yeah. fucking like setup, I want it for my funeral. Yeah, he jumps out of the coffin and then proceeds to tri to give a tribute to um uh, the alligator man's uh, talent by driving a stake into his own chest. <laughs> like when she start what she does and then is dragged kicking and screaming away from the morning. like yo i don't care what you like i'm not even making a joke here i want the like armless priest i want the guy hammering shit into his face i i feel like i'm gonna outlive you so marissa you need to yes. just do this for my funeral okay can you well, do this like, yeah whoever i feel dies first the other one has to dr blockhead the yeah, like this is what I'm saying is it's like, and I feel like you know the people who could do this. Like you, out of everyone on this podcast, might know someone who can do this. Oh, I know, I know many. Yeah. <laughs> I like when uh, they're looking around and Scully and Mulder are noticing that everyone else is not normal or 
however they would put it. And uh, he sees abled, and he sees a guy drinking out of the flask, and then he puts the flask in the kid's back pocket, and it looks like he's holding on to him. And then you see it's going into his body. He's like, "That is fucking awesome." <laughs> I really like that. It was. Oh my god, I love this funeral. Like this is the best thing ever. I mean, and like it, it like just. I I thought of this every time we were watching like uh American Horror Story Freak Show. It's like mm, no, sorry. Um, so the Files has and always will have done it best. Yeah, not as good as Todd Browning, but uh, they're there to investigate the strange death in Gibsonton. Gibsonton, Florida, is I think it's supposed to be Jupiter. It's supposed to be Jupiter, which is it's the supposed fl- to be Jupiter, which is Florida, which, which is. Uh, Back in the, well, I don't think many circuses travel as much as they used to, but the, but Barnum and Bailey in particular, during the off season, all of their performers lived in this one area of Florida where they have like a big trailer park. And this is sort of that zone for them. <laughs> and again, if you saw that season of American Horror Story, you kind of know it. It's, it's where the freaks are kind of hanging out and the circus is hanging out and, and that, and, and freak show basically. In the process of beginning to investigate, they check into a uh, they check into a uh, it's not really a hotel. It's just it's they're renting campers, really. They're renting trailers. Hey, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but um, that's when they meet Mister Nut, who was, of course, um, uh, is uh, uh, Alvin Michael Jones? J. Anderson. Yeah, Michael J. Anderson, who uh, is the backwards talking uh, midget and. Uh, Twin Peaks. And uh, Twin Peaks, yeah, he's the the guy who just says the random weird shit, well, and, and and this time he's basically just sort of giving Mulder and being very for, much not the character that he plays in Twin Peaks it's for great. assuming for Mulder assuming that uh, he might have that he has had a past in the freak show in in the in the circus performing life. He just basically gives this guy the riot act, gives Mulder the riot. Oh act my god. You only want to anyone want to read that that quote uh, completely, Marissa? You want to do that? He goes, "Well, should I take offense just because it's human nature to make assumptions about people purely on the basis of their physical appearances? Why I've done the same thing to you. For example, I've taken your all-American features, your dour demeanor, your unimaginative necktie, and concluded that you work for the government, an FBI agent. But you see the tragedy. I have unconsciously reduced you to a stereotype instead of regarding you as a specific, unique individual. But, but Half I am from an, my memory. <laughs> but but I am an FBI agent. Like, and then he pulls out his badge, and he looks sad. <laughs> like, but I am. That's what I do. <laughs> I was hoping right there he would like pull out like juggling balls and be like, "Yeah, you got me," and start juggling. But no, he just kept on yeah, it's like no, no. I let's see. Uh, and this is like some classic Darren Morgan though. Like this is some like literally Darren Morgan like dark not like dark hilarity right there. Like I, he is very tongue in cheek, and I love him. Uh, I also fucking hate him, but I love him. He moves on to the, uh, the, the during the investigation they uh, they get to meet the Lanny who is um, who helps show um, uh, Mulder and Scully to their trailers. Uh, is this where we find out he's also creeping on Scully? A little bit. Yeah. No, no, the, little... no that that happens later on. That was a sweet scene. We'll get to that. Oh my god, so creepy though. Uh, Lanny is a gentleman with a. Uh, Dead Siamese twin. He has a vestigial is, twin, yeah. He has a vestigial twin. Just like um uh like Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia also had a vestigial twin. Really? 
Yes, I'm not even making this up based on an episode of... Uh, really? Yeah, I think he did. Andy Garcia, vestigial twin. But isn't it more common for twins just to get absorbed, for dead twins just to get absorbed? It yes. is. So, like, vestigial twins are super, like, the vestigial twin thing is, like, a super rare. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Yes, I am not making this up. Andy Garcia was born with a conjoined twin the size of a softball attached to his shoulder. Whoa. Yeah. Like, he had a vestigial twin that they removed after, like, like sheer hours after he was born. Weird. Yes! Why did anyone, like, doubt me on this? <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Yeah, like, it sounds like it's fucking crazy, but no, it's, like, it's a really rare anomaly. Yeah, like, that's the thing. All right, but anyway, Lanny has a vestigial twin that he used to, you know, do a, do a fun little act with. Though it wasn't much more than just letting people gawk at him. Mulder and, Sc- Mulder and Scully are kind of weirded out by this, but they're like, but but he's like, no, nah, it was the best work I ever had. You know what? I'm looking at. I actually have a P.T. Barnum book here. Yeah. I got I got it back in 1997. I'm looking at the bearded ladies, and they just look like uh, dudes in dresses. <laughs> it very well could have been. Uh, I also suffered through The Greatest Showman. Uh, recently, so I have a lot of PT Barnum damage. I have PT Barnum SD right now. So I think what they would call that was is a gaff. We we end up learning. Did Marissa, are are you disconnected? I am okay now. It may happen. We may lose her. So PT Barn PTSD Barnum. PTSD Barnum. Yeah. PTSD know, it's Barnum. A, it's not a bad movie. I just I don't. I didn't like it because it like gave me a nerd rage throughout the, it, and it's like Mulder and Scully are kind of weirded out by the, by this. And they're like, and he's like, no, it's the best work I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> vestigial twins. Great time. Now it looks like some kind of animal might've killed the alligator man. So Mulder is sort of Mulder for some reason is zeroing in on the legend of the uh, Fiji <laughs> Island mermaid. Oh, not real. We all know this isn't fucking real. Which was a... I, I've seen one of those, actually. Uh, yeah, again, at the Ripley's that we can't remember which one we've been to. That one was... I've, an, I've, that one was def- I've seen one of those in a sideshow as well. They they recreate them based off of that original one from P.T. Barnum. But the original was a dead monkey and a large uh, fish. It was a yeah, large I'll, fish I'll and a dead monkey. Yours. Those attractions were like the first form of taking advantage of people who... Will easily click on things like clickbait. Yeah, it was like yeah, the free shows. They're either really tiny or they're really unimpressive. And you're like, why did I spend five to ten dollars to walk through this long line into this curtained room to see this tiny little thing in a box? It was probably less than five dollars, (laughs) though. Not at the Dutchess County Fair. Oh, there, yeah, there right. you go. Uh, he, uh, Mulder learns about the Fiji mermaid uh, by me by way of a gentleman known as Hepcat Helm, oh, who right. runs his who runs his own fun house. Who he says is or, not a you... fun house. Like <laughs> Nobody theory. has fun in here. Uh, Marissa, as someone who works uh, who has worked in various haunted houses here, do you know any? Do you know anyone like this Hepcat guy? <laughs> um. The entire creation crew of any haunt, usually, if like the old school guys, the new school guys are not as like naturally eccentric. I know a guy, I won't say his name, I know 
off the top of my head right now five people who could remind me of Hepcat. Is this also where we get one of the first uses of uh, the songs in the Key of X soundtrack? Because he's listening to uh, Frenzy there. Right, because when they come in... When they come uh, in, screaming Jay Hawkins, screaming Jay oh. Hawkins. Uh, yeah. like it first... sounds like the matoid. No, it's like uh, screaming Jay Hawkins. For those of you at home, is like one of the first shock rockers. Like, if you listen to anyone talk about death Ooh. metal, he's like one of the like, like, like he would, he would like come and like full, like he would be coming on, and he would have like he would dress like he was like a witch doctor or Baron Samedi, and have like a bone in his nose, and a bone and, like, in his the, nose, the, and like voodoo staff, and like, and he did this full like shock rock thing. They interview him with um, uh, Sheriff James Hamilton, who we'll see a little bit more of later in the thing. But they, but this is where they learn about the Fiji mermaid and Mulder sort of fixates on that for a while for this whole episode. In addition, they go, they go to meet uh, the funeral crasher, Dr. Blockhead and, and his uh, silent, but strange, but uh, but strange sidekick, the conundrum. Oh man. That guy is great. Uh, Blockhead. Dr. Blockhead is, as you might guess, a blockhead, the kind of person that uh, subjects himself to pain and uh thing he has this whole uh backstory crafted where he where he was like his home country was indonesia or something like that or um, he, he studied under um uh gurus and stuff like that but the dude's actually from georgia yeah <laughs> i have my sound off because we're doing this yeah don't watch that right now okay that's for later but he, you know, this is the kind of guy who, you know, hammers nails into his nose and stuff like that. And Mulder, as he is about to pull one out, Mulder actually offers to grab a hold of, to, to get to pull the nail out himself, which he lets him do, which is a really surreptitious way of getting a, of getting a DNA sample. I'm sure that that was fun. <laughs> That's surprisingly easy, by the way. I've learned to do it myself. It's just annoying unless you want to do it for a living. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned how to how to nail shit into your face. Yeah, you just there's there's rules to it. There's there's a membrane and stuff. You got to be careful. And uh, the hardest part is pulling it out. <laughs> Why is that? It, well, the not hardest. The, the the most agitating part. Probably mm. it's both agitating and like ah. <laughs> I suppose I never really thought of it, but like I'm annoyed when like even like a tiny little bug flies into my nose. I couldn't yeah, imagine pounding like... a nail into it. Like right you've here. done this, but Marissa, you've done this before. Uh, yeah, it, um, you don't need a hammer. Maybe if you want to, like that's the whole impression. Uh, yeah, as far as effect. I know from yeah. doing it myself, is you don't you don't need a hammer. You could just push that sucker in there, but the hammer makes it look cooler. <laughs> no, yeah, you got to get a low powered uh, nail gun to do it. There we go. Oh, <laughs> that, God, why? that won't come out. <laughs> I don't think that'll come out. Well, if you if you uh, if you uh, underpower the air enough, or you get an electric. Hey, look, uh, it's actually life, the... life's risky, right? Why not? Why not live live on the edge? Yolo, bitches. Yolo. I'll tell you what. With this little mass network disclaimer, do not fucking do not your Please face. fuck no. <laughs> um, uh, unless you're really cool. Uh, Doctor Blackhead. Um, uh, once again, he's the he's Jim Rose. He's the head of. His own freak show impresario and 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 life. He he sort of uh, discusses that um, talks about the self made freaks or that later in the episode. 
Yeah, I, I, is this that's, that's where, like, they go talk to him and he's like, oh yeah, the conundrum is a geek. I myself am a blockhead. And yeah, this was after Mulder had seen him eating uh, a fish out of the river. Right. Like the conundrum ends up doing like his Gollum impersonation for Mulder when Mulder is doing like his dumb girl run. Yeah, yeah he was Mulder doing it. He was Faramir. Yeah. And it's like, here's the thing. It's, and, and I say that to not discredit women who run by God do that, but like, Mulder runs like he has no idea how to run. <laughs> like he runs like basically have you guys ever seen Bob's Burgers and you see Tina run? <laughs> That's kind of how Mulder runs through like all of the X-Files. <laughs> the fun thing about the um uh, okay like when they approach Dr. Blackhead he's actually upside down in a straight jacket over like a vat of boiling water and that's where the conundrum is inside the bo- boiling water. Mulder is initially looking at con- at the conundrum as possibly a uh, suspect, I guess, in the murder, um, because he think because maybe the mold- maybe the conundrum ate the alligator man, and it's like when he asks um, uh, if the it, 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 he is a geek, he eats th- he eats things, live chickens, eats catch nails, glasses, nails, broken glass, whatever he can get his hands onto. Uh, and when Mulder asks Dr. Blockhead if the conundrum eats human flesh, he said, only the conundrum can answer that. Unfortunately, he never answers questions. He only poses them. (laughs) (laughs) I like how this guy is such a troll and he never gives it up. (laughs) And and the great, this is exactly who this guy is. That's like, the culture, though. Even with haunted attractions, and you're speaking to people who aren't involved in oh, it. Oh yeah, no, it's like you kind of have to keep it up. Yeah, like kayfabe is dead in wrestling. It is not in like like anything else, like any other kind of weird carny thing. Oh, yeah, I, I oh, truly God. respect that type of attitude. I just, I just recently learned what that term means. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hang on, Hang on. Someone's having a nightmare. Aww. He thinks the conundrum is going to eat him. I love the sleep part. I love the sleep part. <laughs> having a nightmare. <laughs> he's, having a dream in, he's having a dream in which he is being very fierce. I love, I would love to know what his fierce dreams are. <laughs> he's, he's a dominatrix. Is that what we're getting into? <laughs> oh. So we recently spent a night at uh, my editor's house. My editor has like a five-year-old. And I went to work because they live like 10 minutes from my office. And I came home and I came back to their place and Watson did what he usually does. And what we do is I sit down on the couch and I have him tell me about his day, <laughs> which is a lot of. <laughs> and um, and me pretending to interpret. And I said something about like, oh, so you fought off the bears in the backyard of Becca and Andy's and the child walks up behind me, looks at me very seriously and matter of fact, and said, yes, there were thousands of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Yeah, when I go over to Vanya's house, they've got this this ragdoll cat that loves me like a lot more than any of them, and it makes them all super jelly. But uh, I always pretend like she's talking to me when I come over. She's always meow, meow, meow. I'm like, oh, no, they didn't do that. No, don't say that about them. <laughs> and her daughter just loves the cat so much. She's like, how do I talk to the cat? And I'm like, <laughs> You're like, it's don't don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> man. So anyway, 
this episode and messing with little kids. (laughs) It's great fun. So blockheads and yeah, like they talk about the differences in blockheads and geeks and freaks and yeah, he breaks it down. Scully. uh, Oh, is this like the legendary scene where Scully literally eats a cricket, but doesn't really. And yeah, yeah. She, she sleight of hands, the cricket as she, clearly placed it on her tongue and ate it like i don't know how they did that but uh literally exactly how she did that yeah, she, <laughs> ate it. she ate it and then they pretended like she didn't and it was well, even it's cooler. like apparently <laughs> according to the story is that she didn't it sat in her mouth she pretended to eat it and then did that scene and then it was like okay good cut and then she like apparently went off screen and went bah, 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 yeah that yeah, that's not sleight of hand. Yeah. <laughs> but she just kept herself like completely composed through the whole thing. And then that's when Mulder says, Ooh, my I have an I have a creepy uncle that that oh wait, no wait. He's like, Yeah, I got a creepy uncle that taught me sleight of hand too. <laughs> and then it got really, really uncomfortable for everybody. And uh, <laughs> and then he walked away fast before she could bring it up. Yeah, pretty much. Because it had the uh, DNA from the uh the suspect. This is when Scully goes to see the melty face guy, right? Oh God, yes. This was right. so I I I have really liked all of the shots in this episode. This for some reason they this is shot really well. Like it really feels like an X Files episode. Like this is definitely like one of the ones up there I would suggest people watch. Agreed. Uh, but like yeah, they, Scully goes into uh, a sort of museum of uh, you know circus. Uh, of circus stuff and uh, sideshow performers and things like that, and is kind of gamed uh, by the uh, proprietor into coughing up an extra five bucks to go into the uh, to seeing the extra Patreon content. Yeah, right, pretty much. It's <laughs> a little box full of nothing, and 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 but she does find out that apparently the sheriff of the town was Jim Jim the Dog Face Boy. Jim Jim the dog face boy. I would like to point out that there is stuff in our Patreon box. <laughs> there is totally stuff in our Patreon box. Uh, I believe the And term, that also sounds really dirty. I, but, I believe the term is hypertrichosis, right? Uh, yes. The, yeah, oh, the are shots. Are about werewolfism? So in the shots when she was talking to that guy, though, they never showed him straight on. They always showed his, his two faces being one of the one... In, like in reflection. So it was one reflection was seeing a good side. And then the other reflection was the, the bad side. And there was this one scene where it was like three or two triangles set up perfectly where you could see, you know, the majority of his good side and exactly his bad side. And it is very, very well done. It, it is a very cool scene. And also we're going to see that guy like 20 different times. Melty faced and everything. Yeah, Melty faces like in all the episodes <laughs> at one point, like, <laughs> Like and he'll actually be in another Darren Morgan episode, uh, which is one of my favorite episodes, as well as yours. And yeah, he that's, will be the, that's the, the tarot reader in uh, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. The picture here in the Discord. That's exactly. I was trying to screenshot it with my phone. It's but, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I was like, this oh, is, is so fucking cool. Yeah, the, I like yeah, every yeah. like they must have like a it was it was a, I think there's like a special filter they had on all of the shit because it felt like an X Files episode. Like, why don't they just put that on all of them? 
Because I wondered. I wondered what it felt like for Scully to be such a mark for that guy too, because she because she like fell she for does. the she, she like fell for the uh, secret room look, look line and sinker there for that one. Like he like, like he like I guess she and she knows she's been had. <laughs> How funny is it that when she goes to the carnival, all of a sudden she's being had by everyone, and everyone's looking at her like she's the molder. Well, and it's like I think it's because it's like you figure out who's the if you can get like the. I don't know. Like, I don't get it. I, I really like, don't. This is about picking people like that, though, for people who uh, do like weight guessing and all of that. You pick people who seem to have a very organized life and, and live by certain ideas, and mm-hmm. so they're easy. They're easy to compare, and they all kind of do the same things. It's it's a tr- it's a little secret truth of life. Everybody knows it. We admit I, so, it sometimes. Well, yeah, I think it's like you know you figure out who it is. Like it's pretty, yeah. I think. It's I mean, like they make her kind of out to be a Rube in this episode. I right. So that's what I was trying to point at. So that picture that's in the Discord is of the two faces, and I think it, I think it harkens back to. So she's putting her trust in this guy right now, and it's showing literally. There's two faces to this guy, mm. and so like like she is the Rube, and what we find out about Mulder. So it it mirrors like literally because there's two mirrors here. So it's mirroring what. Mulder's experiences in the supernatural. She's she's asking this guy for information that she doesn't know. You know, she goes to this informant who's two-faced, and in the end, she's left with an empty box. It was a perfect metaphor for what Mulder's situation is. Wow. Well, and I also think that it's yeah. like I also think with Scully, and we're not to the point where it's like Scully is more trusting about the supernatural and spiritual, and we haven't gotten to that point, but it's also keep in mind this is kind of hard fact these are things that happen naturally, like the weird melty face and vestigial twins. Like they're Mm -hmm. incredibly rare, but they happen. Also, is this also the scene where she, we get the little bit of foreshadowing and hint here because don't they talk about Siamese twins in this? Yeah, they did. And I even thought that too, when they, they, she picks up the picture and it's the two Siamese twins. And I was like, what has, has, has there ever been a history where someone like strangled their Siamese twin? And then he goes on to talk about the one dying and then he's left there to contemplate half his body being dead. Yeah. It's like, we're talking about that. And it's like, there's this weird sort of like foreshadowing here. That we don't really pick yeah. up. Like this, this is, is the just thing. Darren ba- Morgan is just really good at writing X Files. This is just the banging scene. So the- is all right. So I see foreshadowing, like the duality of their partnership on the X Files. Like one of your halves being dead. Are they doing it that deep? Like, um, I don't know if, if they so, are. Know, it's not intentional. intentional. Um, <laughs> we're gonna I give thought, it to them. I think because this episode's good. <laughs> you know what? It's Darren. You know what? If it were anybody other than Darren Morgan. I would say they didn't do it intentionally, but I think Darren Morgan is such a competent writer and he's so good at doing arcs and well, story ba- arcs. Because based yeah. on what's already happened, they've already been split up during the X-Files that I mean. And so they've already kind of experienced that. Yeah, so I, I'm willing to give it to them just by virtue of the fact that I think Darren Morgan is, like I said, a very competent storyteller. <laughs> The next, uh, de- the, ne- the next uh, death in the episode goes to Hepcat Helms, right? I think so. Yeah, Hepcat, the um, uh, creature kills him in his uh, office, which sort of puts the, uh, the, the, the question back on Dr. Blockhead. <laughs> so <laughs> this scene was another awesome scene in this episode. He goes over there and the dog's barking through the, through the doggy door and then tiny hand rips through and grabs tiny leg and, there's, and struggle ensues. 
<laughs> right, right. Okay, and also the um, uh, yeah, the uh, the innkeeper. Oh, Mr. the poor nut is yeah. killed by this thing right after getting the rent check from the uh, from Doctor Blockhead and the conundrum. The conundrum actually takes the rent check pinned to his um uh, uh loincloth, I guess. I think it was something like that, and it was just like, but oh no, wait, it's it's the skull pin. It's the yeah. skull yeah. Skull. He was going to eat the dog, and the dog ran through the doggy door. Right. <laughs> Ah, poor dog. Uh, but the skull pin is what uh, implicates Doctor Blackhead when they find the, the remains of Mister Nut. So they go to so they go to arrest him, and uh, of course he continues. I think he goes into like almost like a sovereign citizen kind of speech, like I know my rights, man. I'm <laughs> as he's as he's all uh, he's got fish hooks all over his chest. Like yeah, they were in there a minute earlier. He'd already be he'd be jerking off, but they caught him right after. And then he's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna hang myself up and do this weird Indian thing." It's like, dude, you were totally jerking off. You got it. Um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> they yeah they bring him into the they uh, bring him into the, to the jail cell where um, uh, Lanny has been set down for has been. Uh, Set down because a parent has been is in the drunk tank, and when they get there, they find much to their shock that Lanny's twin, who previously had been under his shirt, is gone. <gasps> Dude's got a uh, what? Are you, what kind of cavity are we gonna call that? Uh, is it is it a is it a womb? Would it be a a a, a stomach vagine? Well, apparently, um, uh, his Siamese twin can disconnect himself, go out to find food, and then come back. And the Which, funny part is, this is this is Scully's uh, insertion in with her medical degree. She's like, he he's what was the term? Oh God, fingers in it and everything. Oh, he's God. able to detach. There was a yeah. term she used. Decoupled. And then, yeah, decoupled. Like he's the fucking Starship Enterprise, right? And then everyone's like, how would they even do that? And she's like, I don't know, but it must be. (laughs) Oh, my God. Give me me your your, your analysis on this this makeup and and creature. Um, As silly and as it looks, I believe it's awkward on purpose. And it works. And I think that the stomach wound <laughs> looks uncomfortably you're unrealistic on purpose. Like you're mm-hmm. expecting to see a giant gaping hole with like intestines or something. Oh my god, this is what you get is something that looks more like it could talk to you. What like, I found... I feel like it needs to be getting up and doing the song. Like it, it's the singing Hello, frog. Hello, my baby. Hello, my yeah. Honey. Hello, oh my, my god, baby. I love that. Literally, everyone did that except Todd. Who is so, just staring at it? <laughs> another I so I have a snake around the the handcuff and the arm bit here. All right, so this thing has to declothe itself because that guy had him dressed like all the way down to the shoes. So this thing unties its unlaces its booties and then climbs <laughs> oh out and takes its shirt off and gets naked to do this. <laughs> it's a tiny little ass. <laughs> oh my god! Like I. <laughs> Like that is a well sculpted ass. That's weird. <laughs> oh my god! That did they get an amputee that didn't have their right leg? Ah, uh, 
I have no idea. This is very good. I like it. <laughs> oh man. So they so they think this thing detaches itself from from its brother and it climbed out the window. I think the next the next question was, well, Mulder's like, well, how far do you think it can go? And and as Scully sees like the little gremlin run through the grass and then open the the door or whatever. And that's when they go running after it. But, you know, apparently this thing is jumping out of him, going out, killing, and coming back. Apparently, he thinks because he's look, Leonard, Leonard the, the name of the twin is Leonard. And he, Lanny, Lanny and Leonard, that, okay. Lanny believes that Leonard is looking for a new partner to go on tour with. Because he doesn't Lanny's, love his brother. Because his, because his <laughs> alcoholism is just too much of a problem. I, oh, God, that, that was it, wasn't it? He didn't like getting drunk with his brother. <laughs> and and here's the thing. It's like, it's not that it's not um, uh, the decoupling that kills Lanny. It's cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, sad. So he was driving his brother out. It was, this is a sadder story just now. Oh, right. Oh, now I'm, I'm sad. Right. It's <laughs> and he was just trying to burrow his little, his little cute little face into <laughs> a tiny hand. <laughs> Oh my trying god! To, he was trying to burrow into other people's abdomens. He was looking for another twin. It's like oh. the reverse of Basket Case, which is a movie I'm going to make Todd watch. Everybody, it's I have not seen that yet, and I keep meaning to watch it. Holy shit! This is the the, the Z movie. Zardos. Zardos. Yeah. So we settle into the denouement where. Mulder and Scully are packing up. Where the, Mulder mm, does his Captain Morgan. Uh, and Scully takes a moment to close things up with Dr. Blockhead and uh, in, in, in the conundrum. Uh, I, I kind of like this ending. It makes me really happy. There's a sort uh, Dr. Blockhead speaks uh, more or less talking about uh, that. Um, uh, it talks about how normality is taking over and how genetics and medical science are doing away with 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 their classic freaks and it's going to be up to the self-made freaks to keep things weird and he points to Mulder standing there doing the captain morgan <laughs> like he's pose. standing there like he is captain morgan and pointing him as the button down suit and tie wearing office drones with no individuality which is like it's the weird thing because Mulder is fucking weird but it's like no one can if you look at but this guy looks at him and it's like what a normie what a he was a, doing his best impression of Johnny Bravo. There was he looked so triangular, but that's like I've never seen him look that 80s. But it's then, like, do you think he had a little captain in him during that point? Like, I feel like he had a little captain in him on that one. <laughs> it's going to be up to the to him and him and the conundrum to keep society aware that nature abhors normality. Which I think I saw on a t-shirt somewhere. Uh, uh, I think topic. I saw it also on the sign of the really <clears throat> weird Jesus Church in Abingdon as I'm leaving that part of the state to come home. I think, but they also were the ones who were offering people to feed to Satan. So, to feed the Satan? Mm -hmm. I don't know what that sign meant. It's like Satan is roaming the hillside looking for people like a lion looking for souls to devour. I'm like, and then it says, welcome. And I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> They're doing it. They're the ones. doing it. It's like, so wait, are you feeding the Satan? I'm confused. Have you fed your Satan today? 
as uh, yes. Bl- as Doctor Blockhead and the Conundrum pack up their vehicle to leave the ta- to leave the small town, um, uh, Mulder notices the Conundrum looking a little bit queasy, like he just like he needs an antacid. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The scene before um, uh, was where uh, that little uh, gremlin, whatever the fuck this thing is, was actually chasing after the con- Conundrum as its last uh, meal. Yeah. And then the conundrum flips the script on him. Yeah, because they, they actually found him, him laying there, and they and then he didn't have any any holes in his body or whatever. What the fuck is that? Ah, it's a food baby. He looks so <laughs> happy. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like porn. <laughs> like <laughs> this is like I need to go now. Can I? I I need to leave the podcast now. Uh, Patreon Aww. subscribers are gonna like that one. Yeah, yeah, this is so <laughs> as they drive as they begin to drive off, the conundrum looks back up at Mulder and says, yeah. Must have been something I ate. Did I fall asleep for that? No, wait, no, I totally didn't. That's part of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Silent Bob's that whole episode. <laughs> I love it. Okay, yeah, so uh so in in show in a really great episode. One that kind of stuck with you, and one that sort of helped to really establish the the, the sense of humor of the X Files that would go on. Uh, I I think it kind of imp- it just point blank shows exactly what uh, you get with a Darren Morgan episode, and uh, I'm generally the hater, and I I like this episode, and I'm sorry that I've only seen it the one time now. <laughs> and Marissa's gonna throw bricks at me, aren't you? I am every time right, I see. Um, you. First, oh. I wanted to ask because this one made heavy use of prosthetics and actual effects and that creature effects and monster makeup. And what what did you think that you would of, of this one so far and use of that? I mean, me backtrack one step because as I was screenshot hunting, I found a picture of of Scully again with with the old age makeup from the last. That was okay. That was. Okay, this whole episode phenomenal. Like you guys, like it's so hard to make a makeup that will stay on in water. And imagine how many times they shot that scene. Well, and, and also keep in mind, also keep in mind it. the number of people that they used that were legitimately freaks, like legitimately like freak show performers that would look like this. So, but the crocodile guy makeup. Uh, oh yeah, that guy is not actually. That's that staying together in the water is insane. Like he did have the the whole old leathery look in some places. Mm-hmm. Whole episode, even as silly as a little stupid creature prop is, it's it it worked and it was freaky as hell. <laughs> I think the best thing was the face prosthetic. Oh god, that was so good. On the saggy guy or the the most face melty guy. Effect, yeah, effect, I think they really dropped the whole mermaid aspect. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, we didn't really. The, the mermaid was kind of the first red herring, and then they moved on to Doctor Blockhead being the next. But um, mm-hmm. uh, the like, but I think that in terms of it being a mystery, wasn't necessarily. Good. I think that the the ride was a bit more important than the. You know, yeah, as as X Files go with kind of like a weird, 
this episode brims with the kind of dark humor and it kind of calls back to one of my favorite movies, which is Todd Browning's Freaks. Yeah, well, I mean, we brought that up briefly and you're right. And that's yeah. a great movie. And that also used uh, freak show performers, except I bet these people actually got paid and not exploited. Well, if you think about it, I've heard stories about the there's this guy who was basically the human torso didn't have an ar- arms or legs was like w- walked around like a worm but could like you know yeah roll and light his own cigarettes with his lips and it's that guy appa- meme where that guy gets off the couch and he starts rolling and then they do this the song the cb rolling well <laughs> oh i mean it's God. like it's but the that, thing is, that guy the- died that guy died incredibly wealthy <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like if you think about that and then it's like and then again, they did it with American Horror Story Freak Show where they also legitimately used uh, the world's smallest woman. They did use and who will also be who is at Raleigh Supercon and but also uh, the guy with the, the with the flapper arms, the flipper arms, not Evan Peters. Seal boy. Yeah, the seal boy <laughs> is uh, he has a name. He has like a legit name, and I can't remember what it. Because great, actor. no, he's not allowed a name. All right, he's Seal Boy. <laughs> well, no, but it's like you know, he's a child of Thalidomide, and so on and so forth. So it's not like, yeah, I mean, it's it kind of it's like humbug is sort of, and it's an iconic episode of the X Files, even if I hadn't seen it before now, and I kind of hate myself for this being the first time I saw it. Oh fuck you, Marissa Letario. You haven't seen Basket Case, so you don't get to judge. Ugh. Actually, you can totally judge. My, uh, I should point out the reason I hadn't seen this episode until now was because I wasn't allowed to. You know, werewolves, fine. Aliens, sure. Freaks? No, Shannon, that's too scary for your mind. <laughs> apparently, according to my mother. All right, so... Um... Which is probably why I had nightmares of her after we watched this episode. So yeah, I think that we're ready to disseminate some information before we hand out the um uh, the the scores for this week. Can we get some music to put over top of our of the of the information dissemination? Uh, do you want me to sing? Do you want me no, to do no, the just, lounge uh, scatting uh, again? Yeah. The FBI basement comes to you courtesy of the Medicinal Mass Network, and Valentine Strand is the head of that. He'll tell you all about it. Yeah, why don't you uh, head on over to com and listen to some of the stuff that's there uh, and plug your ear vagines with some of our audio bacocks. Mm-hmm. Shannon, uh, Shannon, my better half, is also a writer of many books of fiction. I am. Such as the Department of the Arcane series and a few other projects coming down the pipeline. Where can they go if they want to see your books? Uh, well, their local library. Or? <laughs> or they could go to schuffrights.com. They could also look at the FBI basement uh, webpage and uh, find it there as well. And finally, we have visual arts done by Marissa Letario. <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook under Audite Delight. Instagram, once I get that working again, I'll make anything for you. And... I've come up with an idea. I believe if you send me, make it fair, $2, I will <laughs> hammer an object into my face. Like a nail, not like a whole giant object, like break my face. But like, I will put a nail. I will do the blockhead trick just to prove that I can do it. But you have to give me $2. All right. $2 to Marissa Letario to put through the blockhead thing. Now it's time to uh, give the final scores for this week's episode. 
for uh, this one, I'm going to give it five out of five nearly eaten small dogs. <gasps> what? Shannon? I am going to go ahead and I'm going to give it four freshly cut pieces of sushi. Valentine? Uh, yeah, this one definitely gets five uh, tiny hands with four fingers. Tiny hands. <laughs> and Marissa? The strong hands are back. I will eat five crickets for this episode and then try to fit myself into a very small box. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's it for this week's episode, but we got more coming for the next episode. Yeah, join us next time in which the X-Files goes back to one of my favorite tropes, creepy children, and one that they also do about as much as ripping off uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, mm. uh, casual racism. Uh, we're going to have some Calis- we're going to have the Kalasari next week. Well, and uh, once again, I'd like to remind you that the uh, FBI basement comes to you free of charge. Please support us on Patreon or like us and rate us on iTunes and review us so that we can get the show out there to all the ones who want to listen to us and don't know, know about us yet. Spread the word, spread the gospel. Make us heard. Spread the word. Eulogy. This is Todd for Shannon, Valentine, and Marissa. Good night, and the truth is out there. I still don't get it. <laughs> There's nothing to get. <laughs> <laughs> the skeleton. He's a dude. He's a skeleton. He it's just a duding skeleton. That's it. <laughs> That's all. That's why it's <laughs> That's why we love it. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right up to the X-Files. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) How dare you? Also, you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about, do you? You don't know what a calliope is. I know what a calliope is. It's a circus organ. Bullshit. It's a circus organ. I know what it is. Uh. (laughs) Fuck off. Back and left.